You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. No surprise. Absolutely no surprise here. That's exactly what I thought the court is going to decide. These kind of things are extremely difficult to prove to start off with. And secondly, I'm pretty sure that the banks, this is just simply not worth it for the banks to collude in trying to manipulate the exchange rate of the currency. It is possible that some individuals could have tried to collude somewhere. Uh, that is certainly possible. And I understand some of the banks that are still on the hook, uh, they have actually, there could be some individuals there. But for the banks uh, uh, to, to collude somewhere, and to get to, to affect the exchange rate of the currency, that is something that is unlikely to have happened. It's very difficult to prove that. And even the banks in South Africa won't be able to, on the longer term, manipulate the exchange rate of the currency. Remember, the South African Reserve Bank themselves, at a certain time, wanted to, to affect the exchange rate of the currency. And even the South African Reserve Bank was not successful in this. So I'm absolutely not at all surprised uh, with the outcome of this specific case. So, as you say, difficult to prove, perhaps, Davi, but does that mean that it didn't happen? Because you have some of the banks who've already admitted that, you know, they were part of this uh, collusion. Sakina, let me give you an example. Uh, Say, for example, you and I, we trade something and uh, and I decide today not to to, to make my ways uh, available. So I decide not to trade today. I'm a trader and I try. I decide not to put a bit into the market today or a sell order in the market today. So I'm not participating in the market because I want to, because I don't want to, because I want to give you a chance uh, to do a specific transaction. Is that market manipulation? Um, I understand if you if you and I decide, listen, we're going to fix a price somewhere. But if, if I simply do not participate in the market, is that market ma- manipulation? And that that's the kind of thing that you need to prove. And it's basically impossible to prove this kind of thing. Let me, let me give you another example. Say, for example, I've got internal knowledge about a certain transaction that's going to happen in a, in a, in a, a specific uh, a company. And I buy the company share before this knowledge becomes available to the rest of the population that is that is internal trading and um, that is uh, that is illegal you're not allowed to do that but say i want to buy shares in a company uh, that's my intention and then i get some bad news about internal knowledge as well about bad news about this company and i now decide not to buy anymore in principle that is basically the same thing is it not but how are you going to prove that it is basically impossible to prove this kind of thing. The reality is, is that people with internal knowledge about certain things, by buying and selling, they make this knowledge in a way available to the market. And by making this knowledge available to the market, the market actually becomes more effective and efficient. So apart from the fact that it's basically impossible to prove these kind of things, by using certain internal information, you're actually assisting the market uh, in what economists call in, in price determination, in discovery the right price for whatever product he is. Mm. That, of course, was not the Competition Commission's view going into this case. And they were rather bullish in terms of their prospects, you know, talking about um, some uh, chats that were happening. They had the evidence of, um, you know, WhatsApp groups that were set up, etc. And then, of course, they were also quite confident uh, with the banks that did admit uh, to this collusion that they would come forward and testify to what was happening. So 
what does this mean for the commission's case this outcome i think yeah, I think it's a, a, that competition commission, and this is not the only case where they're doing this, but I think this is a complete a total overreach. I think the job of the competition commission is to make sure that we have a competitive environment for business in South Africa, fair and competitive environment for business in South Africa. It's not a job for the competition commission uh, to make sure that, like, for example, that certain BE uh, ratios are, are achieved. And they do that as well. That's nothing to do with the competition commission. I think it's completely and a total overreach. I think they have not been quite successful in many cases recently, and they thought this is going to be an easy one, and the banks generally are not that well liked the banks in south africa globally banks are not that much liked because people don't like banks because they think banks collude and this is another example of that and banks do not necessarily collude because i've been involved in banks as well and they thought this is going to be an easy one as it turned out it's not going to be that easy and i think it's a, it's a complete overreach by the competition commission and i hope they will start doing what they're supposed to be doing and that is to make sure that we've got a competitive environment and which we do not have in south africa and the reason why we do not have a competitive environment is because is not working properly because Transnet is not working properly and many of the other state and enterprises are not working properly. Do that and make sure we've got the proper competitive environment and it won't be necessary to try to follow up on these sort of cases that you are guaranteed to lose, like what is happening mm. in this instance. And that's fair comment, Davi. But with regard to this case, and 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 I come back to this because mm. I'm, I'm I'm struggling to wrap my head around the fact that mm. some of these banks have actually admitted to being part of this activity. So you have that on the one hand. And as you pointed out, um, uh, there were uh, there, there, there was an instance where the bank, you know, identified the employees who were involved in this. So at what point do you implicate the bank itself? Uh, because these employees who may be part of this act, if they are acting are they acting on their own behalf or are they acting on behalf of the bank? They're probably acting on their own behalf. Remember, traders quite often are paid a commission if they make a lot of money for, whether it's a bank or a stockbroker or an asset manager, it doesn't matter. So there's there's, there's, there's commission involved in this. Then there's commission for you, for you personally. So you can make, if you're a good trader and you make a lot of money, you get a nice commission by the end of this year. And I'm pretty sure these sort of shenanigans are going on with many other financial institutions as well, and it still continues to go on. But I'm, I, I'm absolutely convinced that the big banks, for example, the big asset managers, the management of those big banks and big asset management managers, they don't get together in smoke-filled rooms and decide, listen, we're going to do A, B, and C, which is illegal. I don't think that is happening. I think it could be a couple of rough traders here and there, uh, and I still think that is happening. Exactly the same what is happening in a second-hand car market, probably, or in the TV market, or whatever the case may be. It happens in all kinds of markets, but you think that the big banks and the big financial institutions are intentionally uh, trying to undermine the economy or, or trying to make money illegally i don't i'm pretty sure that is not happening do you think they should be more vigilant in looking out for this sort of activity among some of their individual employees sakina i can tell you i work for a financial uh, company and I can tell you that the amount of papers and things that we need to fill in, the compliance that we have to adhere to, all those sort of things internally, as well as legislation that I, that we have to comply with, is such that that we spend a huge amount of time just checking everybody else. Everybody's checking everybody else. And that's how it works in most financial institutions. So 
uh, yes, you can certainly expect the financial institutions to do more, and they can always do more, but you know, there's a certain limit to how much time you can spend on these sort of things because it's expensive. It's expensive to to basically check everybody else's work all the time. Uh, and even if you do, there are always a couple of bad apples in any institution. But generally speaking, the South, South African financial institutions, the banks in South Africa are very, very well managed, uh, perhaps too well managed because there's not enough competition, and I agree with that. It's very difficult to get the banking license in South Africa, and because of that, the banks in South Africa make quite nice profits, so they are quite profitable, but I'm pretty sure that they're not, they're not a bunch of crooks. And just finally, Davi, with regard to Investec, um, so why was Investec excluded from uh, the South African banks? Um, I can't remember exactly what Investec's case was. I think they simply uh, uh, they simply decided not to oppose this uh, the, the uh, uh, this court case, and because they decided not to uh, oppose the court case, there's something to do with that. I think that's the case. I think it was just it's simply they decided not to go the same way as the other banks, and I'm pretty sure that the Investec themselves will also found will be found not guilty eventually. David Ritt, thanks so much for your time, Chief Economist of the Efficient Group. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.